0: Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand, with your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this.
1: Welcome to Episode 73 of Startup Confidential. This time, I have with me Rashab Jain, who is the co-founder and CEO of Fermat Commerce a brand new startup distributed commerce platform built to enable creators to embed brand direct shopping experiences on their own sites. Welcome to the show, Rishab. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I think my listeners want to know, explain brand direct shopping experiences.
0: Yeah, sure. So <laughs> I think that the way that we think about brand direct is specifically not retail or some other third party intermediated so we're seeking to answer the question how do we get you as a brand to have a first truly first party not just you know the words first party a truly first party interaction the consumer that is facilitated via your creator partners right so direct to us means actually direct yeah
1: (laughs) so Just to be clear, we could sub in the word influencer for creator, or did
0: you have an even broader definition? Actually, today, the types of creators, we happen to be working with are influencers, but we think about it as any sort of content creator. A food company is actually an excellent example because we saw this happen, right? So there are many people who actually follow on Instagram or on their Mm -hmm. blog or whatever it may be. I mean, I do it. My wife does it. And they share recipes and ideas for what do you make. And then within that, they share who actually applies the specific types of foods that can make that recipe really rich, right? So we had a a real example where somebody was working with this ethical foods company. Basically, she had a pulled pork nacho recipe. And so this pork in particular was like very good for this recipe. And it drove a ton of transactions. Basically, the actual goal for the consumer is, hey, I want to make this amazing nacho recipe, right? Kind of where you want to end up. And as a food company, it's like, hey, you want to end up in a place where the person is like having this amazing eating experience. Right. And so the way you get there is, hey, I am like the centerpiece of why this dish is so good. So I'm sitting here thinking, right now with influencers,
1: I pay someone. I pray they have influence. <laughs> That's always the first problem, I guess. Is do they even have influence? Um, but I assume they do. They seem to have an audience. I pay for some posts. And then I I cross my fingers that they read the post. I get some engagement report. There we go. From the influencer <laughs> <It> says, hey, <laughs> here's what happened. And
0: then I wonder, did I just pour it down the toilet? Yeah. So I mean, that's the problem I'm hearing from my
1: clients. So.
0: <laughs> no no no. This is so this is exactly right. So like what I just described is like, oh, that works great in three. How the heck do I find that person who's actually good at driving transactions, right? You just right. you just all you did was cherry pick the example, which is, I mean, you know, every salesperson on the planet, right? This is like <laughs> the job of a salesperson. But you're you're exactly right. And so I think that the layer underneath that is where what at least what we're trying to build actually shines, because the real problem is incentive alignment right? The, the real problem is I, as the creator, I don't actually know how many transactions I drive because in today's model that happens on the brand's website. Even if I wanted to, like, let's just say I partner with one food company. Okay. And then another food company comes to me and says, are you actually good at driving transactions? I don't have the ability to answer that question because mm. that data now lives in a silo with the brand and it's up to the brand as to whether or not they want to share that information back to me.
1: Right. I just had an insight. It sounds like you're talking about allowing influencers to actually become retailers. Retailers always know their transaction data.
0: (laughs) I view it more as the mall. So I think like we're not the Macy's, we're the Westfield, right? Ah, there we go. So we enable you to stand up a direct shopping experience, meaning you still own your store, but because the creator is the mall, they know that you went into the store and then you walked out with a good. Now, if I move that to the digital world, what does that mean? That means I, as the creator, allow you, as the brand, to surface your shopping experience in my content, which means that I actually know the transaction happened. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, incentives are aligned. If I sign up with Firmat,
1: then you're going to share data on potential creators so I can know that whether they actually move product or
0: not. That's exactly it. That's exactly. Yeah, that
1: that's it. That's great because otherwise it just becomes a different business model with the influencer running the show.
0: So like you know how in today's world you would see like an image with the person actually cooking the meal yes. as you yes. read this recipe, that image can live inside of like our widget essentially, okay, such that it becomes super clear, hey, you you have the choice to like buy this product right here. And it doesn't take up extra real estate on the creator page because Ah. that image would have existed anyway. It's now just existing inside of this container that when I click on it, Ah. it actually then pulls up a commerce experience. So I don't have to increase inventory space. So I don't have to create new spaces for ads. I can just read the recipe and not get bothered by like hundreds of ads because we make the content itself immersive. So I save space. I save time for the consumer and for the creator and for the brand. I remove all of the friction by saying, you just enable the person to check out while they're reading about this recipe, which is like, oh, this is- when's the <laughs> worst time to go grocery shopping when you're hungry, <laughs> right? This is like excellent as a brand, right? You like want that <laughs> experience. You don't want to remove the person from like looking at the mouthwatering nachos. You
1: have to have at least a third party fulfillment center and a Shopify like. <laughs> but you don't have to have a direct-to-see website essentially running. Interestingly, you do not. Well, it's a food issue, man. It's a food industry issue. A lot of people don't sell food direct because you can't make money.
0: <laughs> yeah. So this is actually something that I had never thought about. Where, like, hey, do you actually have your own website? Because we operate by creating the actual shopping experience. So in theory, you could just have only your Shopify backend. <laughs> and the ability to fulfill and like not have your own website and then transact with whomever, uh, like entirely on a third party partner basis.
1: Why Rashab? I mean, influencer sites are nice. And, you know, the Instagram feed mentioned yada, yada, yada. They, some of these folks have a massive amount of attention. I understand that. But there's actually the broadest reach. Creators are actually giant publishing conglomerates, right? So if I have my operations up and running, I, I have commercially viable product, you know, I can I know how to make a million units a year. <laughs> and I'm, so I'm ready now to respond to national PR on the order of a shark tank appearance, right? Which reliably creates these massive order spikes. <laughs> Isn't the real potential for something like Fermat to appear in the digital edition of Savour?
0: Yeah, this is going back (laughs) to your original question of, like, what is a creator, right? A creator with real reach. (laughs) Anybody who produces content, right? Right. And so, like, the way we think about it is that there is a sliding scale of... Of creators. I mean, there's individuals that have unbelievable audience sizes, right? That's true. Like, the reason why, like, the largest D2C brands right now are the ones that are affiliated with, like, what we would call influencers is because their reach is unbelievable, right? Like, The Rock sold like, $100 million <laughs> of tequila in a year, right? <laughs> Or like Kardashian with skims, it's like a quarter billion dollars of run rate. So these are like obviously high scale off of individuals. I think for us, content is content and creation is creation. And so it's like either you're like somebody with 100,000 followers, highly read block, or you're all the way at the enterprise level, like a hearst, and you're like Mm -hmm. sending hundreds of thousands of people to your site every day. Is that longer term for you guys? Or do you consider it off the table? just curious. Oh, for us, we are 100 percent interested in working with larger media conglomerates. It's just gonna take time because this thing just got up and running.
1: When I finally figured out what you guys were doing, I was like, oh wait a minute. My mind went immediately to the Atlantic Monthly, which I read constantly. And they have a really open affiliate relationship with Amazon. And anytime you click on a book, right, it takes you right there and they get a cut. Now they only sell books. Right now. <laughs> so but, but I'm saying they're going, well, the media industry is already so desperate for cash that they've gotta be open to this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the simplest way of realizing that the media industry is, is like has to go in this direction is that yeah. all of the social media platforms have already gone in this direction. Right. Right? Like I think at this point, I think it's not controversial to say that the media companies must follow in the footsteps of the social media companies in order to retain audience engagement. So this is the nice thing. It's all about incentive alignment. The consumer came for the content, keep them in the content. The content company or the content creator wants to keep the consumer on the content. Yes, keep them content and the brand just wants to create a sale so great just create a sale just do the three things that the three people i think you're
1: right because i think the challenge with pop-up e-commerce to date is that it is disrespectful to the content consumption occasion right and the human is there because they want to read about rest whatever the issue is they're being tempted to be sent to this other place and they don't really want to go there You know, they don't really want to know. This is often a bitter pill for my clients too, because they're, if you think about a manufacturer, they're obsessed with their brand. They're obsessed with everything. It's their whole life. They don't understand that the shopping occasion is one where your brand is like the least important thing. (laughs) They are shopping for products. (laughs) And this is just about the subtlest way, I think, to tease people with a new product try that I've ever encountered, right? As opposed to the obnoxious pop-up, in my fricking feed on Facebook. And by yeah. the way, mine are all for $1,000 plus items for shop. And I don't appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, that's because of the segment that you belong to. That is, I clearly have do... fallen for it. <laughs> exactly. This has now nothing to do with the algorithm or the products. This is about my personal problem. It's like, Hey, I know what James wants, he wants, a thousand pack of spindrift and yes. therefore the minimum price of spindrift that we will pr- we will send him is a two thousand dollar crate of spindrift i um i've already emailed me a emailed
1: them about can i get a half a truckload at a time <laughs> I just, like, that's how much i consume in arizona <laughs> so, <laughs> all right on that charming note Thank you, Rishabh, for telling us more about your your startup. It sounds very intriguing. I hope it goes well for you. Thank you. Yeah, it was awesome being here. All right. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founder's quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.